Hello, and welcome to Signs, Cosines, and Tangents. And Tangents. Your number one podcast for tangents. That we're listening to today. Brought to you by Humana. Praise be to Humana. All right, so <laughs> we went really long and really serious last week, so we're not going to do that this time. No, no. We, uh, we've got some fun topics to talk about. Maybe not fun, but we do have... Uh, it's a serious topic, but I think we'll approach it with some I just said fun. we weren't doing serious. Well, it's a serious topic that we're going to approach with fun. Oh, I get what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picking up the tracks. So you're laying down, man. It's like a comedy show that has some serious level, and you're like, oh, they wrote me in with the emotions. It's a dramedy. No. No. I don't think we could pull that off. I mean, our comedy is not that strong. We have comedy in this show? Oh, I think anybody listening to us thinks it's a joke. It's a joke? We are. No. 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 Us? No. What? Okay. Okay. All right. Tangents. Tangents. So we have a few this week. Um, They're all Jared's. He came up with all of them. No, 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 no. No. This is the Jared, Jared, and Jared show. No. No. That was the Smash show. This is the not Smash show. <laughs> but be warned, after December 7th, we're going to have to have that show again. Oh, I thought that was Pearl Harbor Day we were going to talk about. Oh, God. Oh, Sean, actually, do you want to lead into, uh, you know, your theory on why Smash is being released that day? It's the second invasion of America by Japan. Yeah. This time they're doing it commercially with our children Chin and Pokemon. overgrown man babies. Chimpokemon. Chimpokemon. So, Sean, I played a game that you recommended to me... 32 years ago. It, it, yeah, it sounds like 32 years ago. Dead Cells. Yeah, Dead Cells. What'd you think? I really enjoy it. It's hard, but satisfying. So, um, for those who let's, haven't let's heard it about up. it at the let's same set time... Set it up. Yes. Uh, what, 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 can you describe the gameplay of Dead Cells for us a little bit? Yeah, sure. So it's a it's a roguelike in the aspect of what? What are you looking at me that for? I'm just stretching my neck. That was that was his head tilt of really. <laughs> um, no, it plays like a Metroidvania. Uh, emphasis on the Vania side with the uh, weapons combat. It's a two D um, action platformer, um, but there are Metroid aspects where you unlock abilities. Now the difference in this game. Compared to something like, um, what was the other thing I was thinking of? Let's say Spelunky. Hollow Knight? Hollow Knight. is The the levels are procedurally generated, but in the sense that they're crafted. We talked about this with, um, I think, Chasm. Did Mm -hmm. we talk about Chasm? Yep. So the order in which you move between stages, because it is level-based, where you go from one level to another level and you kind of progress through the game is predetermined, but there are paths that split off. And as you get abilities, you can kind of backtrack. Um, the most satisfying part in the game to me is the combat. Hmm. I don't know about you. For me, I, I think it's the killing things. Yeah. The, the combat. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, actually for me, it's the, uh, the variability of the weapons. The fact that, that there's this very deep and, and it's not complex, but, 
you know, there's lots of options in the choice of what's your primary weapon, your secondary weapons. Yeah, you um, can approach it as a close range attack, or you can be a archer and bow your way through the game. Or there are magic spells and traps and yeah, and, all and kinds now of Dead modifiers. Cells, it's available on every platform, so including the reason Jared played it, the Alexa. The, is it available on Alexa? No, it's not. The Nintendo Switch. It's available physically and as a download. I mean, come on. It's not Skyrim. It's not going to be on the Alexa. Not yet. Not yet. But, yeah, so it is available on the Switch. It's been available for a while on the PS4 and the X-Bone. And the PC, it's been in early access on Steam for the better part of a year and a half. And it's it's a really good package. The the art style, I mean, it goes back to the sort of 16-bit style graphics, but um, I still think it's unique mm-hmm. the way they approach it. And the music in the game is really cool. It's very atmospheric. It's also got uh, streaming-enabled features. Which yeah, was, you were telling me about this earlier. Yeah, so if you were playing Twitch, well, you were streaming on Twitch and you're playing Dark Cells, you can turn on Dark integration. Cells. Dark Dead Cells. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get to Dark Souls in a minute. Uh, There's an obvious inspiration of the game in the name. There is. Yeah. There is. and But you can actually integrate it so that if you are a streamer, you can have your chat room uh, vote to change the game dynamically while you're playing it. And that's kind of interesting. If you haven't seen a streamer do it, you know, trying to find somebody playing Dark or Dead Cells, God, I'm stuck in a loop. <laughs> Dead Cells on uh, Twitch, you'll probably send somebody taking advantage of these capabilities. Um, but, I mean, it's like $20, so you really yeah. can't go wrong. And in the, again, if you like Castlevania, Metroid-type games, uh, this is, uh, don't miss this one. Uh, it's pretty good. Okay. So, next. Spider-Man PS4. We put this off last week because we were going really long on the tangents. We did. And and I figured this is one of those topics where we probably could talk for an entire show by itself. Well, if let's, Jared had played more of it. Well, I've played maybe a third to half of it. Okay. And That's probably enough to talk about it then. I have mixed opinions about this game. See, we're already starting off on a bad foot. Where we are, yeah, it's a bad, bad foot. Keep going. Why? Why do you have mixed opinions of this game? So it's good. It's a great Spider-Man game, but it's not mind-blowing. It's not revolutionary. It's not like it still plays into several open-world tropes of go here, go collect seven of these, do this, collect seven of those. But at the same time, that doesn't matter. Because the swinging mechanics are amazing. I actually see this as the perfect or perfected version. Not perfect. It's not perfect. The perfected version of Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Which, again, uh, unpopular opinion here, was not my favorite Spider-Man game before this one. That was Ultimate Spider-Man, right? No. It was Spider-Man PC. Spider-Man for the PS1. Developed by Neversoft. Yeah, which is the first game I ever professionally reviewed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Each level was narrated by Stan Lee. Um, The voice acting was pretty good, and it kind of... It fell in the style of the cartoon at the time, but it was its own sort of thing. It kind of just assumed... It was in the... 
it was in the universe of Spider-Man. Well, speaking of its own sort of thing, I mean, this Spider-Man for the PS4 is its own universe. And I think that's what benefits it. It's not a movie tie-in. It's Again, you're playing as Spider-Man while he's, what, seven years into his career as Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, it, it still sets up. There's some very obvious... Uh, character arc developments that happened during the course of the game. Um, as if somebody named Dr. Otto Octavius would become the vulture. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but I think what it does really well is the voice acting, the characters. I know some people were complaining about the scenes where you play as Mary Jane the stealth or um, Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. And those don't bother. I, I get it. Um, with pe- people complain that, oh, I wish I could spend this time playing as Spider Man. But in terms of story development, and Sean's the story expert around here, but in in terms of investing you in the story, I feel like I feel like it gives you a better connection to those characters. So that's where one place we will absolutely agree. The gameplay itself may be a little lackluster in some of those side character scenes. You know. The, the backstory between Spider-Man and Mary Jane is very different in this game. Um, they're not the kind of lovesick fools that they tended to be in the comic books for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, and they've kind of both moved on, and they're just really good friends. And Mary Jane's not an actress or... No, and in a weird twist, in this world, she's a journalist. Yeah. So she's Lois... Lane, Mary Jane. Yeah. Lois Jane? Mary Lane? Yeah. Anyhow. Apparently all superheroes, including Daredevil, have to have female sidekicks slash significant others who are journalists. Yeah. I think they have to, but they'll never know who the real person is. I mean, Karen Page is a journalist. So what are your overthought? Overall thaw? What are my overalls? Your overall when you're wearing your overalls, what are your overall thoughts on this game? Uh I really like Spider Man PS4. I, I mean Yeah, I was so excited to get the game. Finally get my hands on it. I played tons and tons and tons of time. Uh I bought the season pass, sight unseen, because I had that much confidence in the team behind it. And we are getting the first DLC this coming week, which is the Black Cat uh, story expansion. And so she's mentioned throughout the main storyline in the game. But you don't really have main story quests that kind of focus on her. So it'll be nice to see that kind of side story evolve. What I want to know is how they're going to integrate it. That's Into the main story? Yeah. Well, one of the things they just did is they released a new game plus with ultimate difficulty uh so you if you've completed spider-man you can go back and do it all over again with a little bit harder enemies and some of your previous unlocks um but so is the dlc going to be accessible from the get-go is there going to be a certain story gate that you see i think there's going to be a story gate i haven't heard okay maybe i've missed it in all of the press but i would almost guarantee you there'll be a story gate Somewhere in the progression of the main storyline, you will have triggered the Felicia Hardy quests and and dealt with Silver Sable. And and, I mean, because there's three DLCs. The first one we know about, which is the one we're getting next week around Black Cat. Right. 
there's another one called Urban Wars or something along those lines, which I'm not sure we have a lot of clarity on the storyline. And then there's a third one that sounds like it's going to be a Silver Sable-oriented DLC, which is interesting because if you look at the Sony movie-verse, uh, just to completely tangent on a tangent, the Venom movie came out. The next movie that's supposed to come out is going to be Silver Sable and Black Cat. I thought it was uh, Morbius. Well, Morbius is probably more likely at this point, but it's been tossed around. Um, but these are all Spider-Man adjacent characters with no Spider-Man in them. Cool. Yeah. Um. So actually, maybe that takes us another tangent. Well, I did want to get last one last opinion now about Spider-Man PS4. Sure. The combat engine. Um, it's Batman. Well, it's it's like a it's faster pace. It has an Arkham style combat. It's a faster paced Batman where you're almost expected to take hits. Except that Spider Man is like made of paper. Yeah. Two hits from a thug and Spider Man goes down. But then you can just heal at any time if you have your combo meter. But I don't know. It's just kind of weird where there are times that just you you do just there's no way of not getting hit. At least maybe that's get no, good, Jared. But... Get good, Jared. Um <laughs> But I just, I don't know. There's a, there's just been a couple of combat scenarios where I just feel like it just throws tons and tons of enemies. And So I had some of that, and I also experienced some input lag a few hmm. times where I would do something I know I solidly hit a combo for a reaction, and it didn't actually take. Perhaps you shouldn't be using those Mad Cats controllers. Yeah, I should really reconsider my So my, my, my tangent choices. on a tangent is something that you brought up with... Uh, Spider-Man movies without Spider-Man. So I didn't see Venom. Did you see Venom? I won't. I'm in this exact same boat. It's and I've heard people that went and saw it and they said it's pretty good. But I, maybe I'm getting old. Maybe I'm whatever. But I don't want to see a Venom movie without Spider-Man. I don't think I really want to see a Venom movie. Well, Venom is a is a creation of the '90s that doesn't really <laughs> work today, but. Um, Venom, I liked Venom, especially in the, the video game I brought up earlier for the PS1. He was one of the side mm-hmm. antagonists. Um, but I, I just don't get it. I don't get what Sony's doing. They're getting, I mean, I know why they're doing it, but whatever. Yeah. So if you saw Venom and you thought it was a great movie without Spider-Man, tell us why, why, yeah, why? Tell and tell us why you're excited for more Venom without Spider-Man. He to me, Venom's never been a character that's like stood alone. I even read the uh, the Agent Venom mm-hmm. series for a little while with it was it was Flash. It was not, Flash Thompson. Yeah, not Eddie Brock. And they were all. I, I'm doing a sh- a shoulder shrug here, like eh. yeah, it's very apparent on the podcast. Thanks, Jared. Okay. <laughs> so, moving on. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but uh, Sean, you are a fan. I am. Even though he doesn't admit it. Well, he does admit it, but he doesn't show the enthusiasm that I do. So, I will carry us through this. Um, we can't have both of us going all fanboy on this. You never go fanboy on anything except Skyrim Toilet Edition. That's it's like true. individual, like choose your own adventure Skyrim on the toilet paper sheets. Which is sad because Skyrim's actually one of the worst of the Elder Scrolls games. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) 
So the Blue Bomber is back. Mega Man 11 came out. Um, I've played through six Robot Masters at this point in time. Okay. It's really good, um, but and it's what a th- it's a thirty dollar game. Yeah, it's it's really inexpensive. It's and they had forty developers on it. Um, so I, what I'll say about it is it's it's a Mega Man game. For better or worse, it's a Mega Man game. It's it visually really well. very attractive. It's I like the cell shaded look they went to. They stayed true to the Mega Man like designs. You know how Mega Man X was. I won't say edgier, but it was just a little more mechanicized. Is that a word? Yes. Whereas like you have the robots in the original Mega Man with the big eyes and everything has eyes. Just like in Mario Universe, everything has eyes. The clouds have eyes. The hills have eyes. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's a reference <laughs> most of the audience is going to get. Um, but... There's just something in the game that just seems lacking, and I don't know if they're going to do DLC. Um, from what I've read, Proto Man doesn't even make an appearance in the game, which is kind mm-hmm. of weird. Um, and well, you got to give Capcom some credit; they don't make video games anymore. That's true. I mean, not like this. Yeah, I, I. But what I see in this game is a good framework going forward. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the, the mechanics are solid. What they did really well this time is all the robot masters, uh, the abilities you get from them, all are very dynamic, and y- you want to use them often, whereas you could play some of the older Mega Man games. And only you know, switch when you were doing the boss rock, paper, scissors. the boss, or if it was Mega Man 2, you would just use Metal Man's blades <laughs> the, the time. entire time. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's good. Um, and then the whole gear mechanic, you can either slow down time or overpower yourself. Um, find myself using more and more. I know some people said they weren't using it, but it's mm. pretty good. So have you played it at all yet? I haven't. So I, I want to. I just haven't had time. I, I guess one of the core things that kind of bothered me is we got a game like Shovel Knight, which came out um, at the time where Mega Man was kind of being neglected neglected um and there's just so much charm and polish in that game and like side missions and interrelations and then you have mega man 11 that's just like eight levels go to dr wiley end of the game i just wish there was some side content there that played into the normal campaign there's a whole challenge mode which if you want to play that that's fine um there's but you're looking for the core experience to be longer not even longer. I mean, the levels in this game are actually pretty long. They're okay. they're actually probably 20 to 30% longer than other Mega Man levels. But just some something else. I don't know if it would be play as a different character or, you know, something with Proto Man or whatever. It's hard being a Mega Man fan trying to explain some of this to you guys, but... Yeah, we'll let you go. Well, oh, I'm off the hook. Thanks. So I definitely recommend it if you've never played a Mega Man game. Um, it does have difficulty modes, newcomer and everything. It will allow you to kind of experience it. But it's <laughs> just be aware it's an old school video game. You touch spikes. It's a one hit kill. You fall down a pit. You're dead. Start the level over kind of experience. Anyhow, let's move on because Sean doesn't have much to talk about this. Netflix. Netflix. Marvel. Yes. Um, we heard a week or so ago that Iron Fist was canceled. There was going to be no season three. Correct. Which is kind of disappointing. 
if you watch, if you made it through season two of Iron and the Fist, the stuff they set up, and- they really kind of in the last two episodes kind of redeemed the concepts of where they could take it. And I was kind of excited. I mean, they left me interested in more Iron Fist. Now, let's take that at face value. I was interested in watching more Danny Rand be whatever the heck he's supposed to be. <laughs> um, and, and Colleen Wing, who is my favorite character, hands down in that series, is, is left in a very awesome position. And then we just kind of ends. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's the end of Iron Fist or the end of Danny Rand, which I'm mentioning them separately for a reason. Uh, but the news yesterday is that Luke Cage is also being canceled after its second season. Yeah. Now, Jared has a sneaking suspicion. Would you like to share your theory? So, well, I don't want to say suspicion as hope. It's a sneaking hope. Okay. It's a hope behind the... Can I come out? Hopefully this will happen. Um, we're going to get Heroes for Hire. We'll finally get Heroes for Hire. Will we get a Daughters of the Dragon too? You, after you were just talking, I was thinking that about that as well. Um, I don't see why not. Well, I mean, they've got two production budgets yeah. freed up with two crews. But the only, the only thing that kind of throws uh, a wrench in those gears was a statement that came out about the cancellation of Luke Cage. And again, it could be a red herring. It could be a not real, but they said there was major creative differences on the production of Luke Cage three, because they had already written the scripts and there was some sort of disagreement between Marvel Netflix and the showrunners. Mm-hmm. So take that w- with uh, what you will, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of hoping here because I mean, I really see that dynamic making for a, kind of Luke Cage pulling Danny up and kind of building him up from a likability and just kind of a, that dynamic making the show more. Well, stronger. and I think we talked about this when Luke Cage season two came out, the scenes with Danny in the Luke Cage episodes were great scenes. They're actually, they're starting to develop some chemistry as, yeah. you know, characters. So I wouldn't be against that. Uh, Marvel seems to be having some other challenges with managing their creative types these days. And we hadn't necessarily seen it on the TV side, except the creator of Jennifer or Jessica Jones, the showrunner for Jessica Jones just took a nine series contract with Warner brothers. So she's leaving after the completion of Jessica Jones season three. So yeah, it kind of makes you wonder where these are going. I mean, when when these shows were announced, I mean, everybody it was it was when the hashtag "It's All Connected" was uh, at <laughs> instead the of hashtag it might kind of be sort connected. of kind of connected maybe not really don't worry about it it's a TV show stop um, so with Disney getting their own streaming network which we talked about streaming networks last week um, yep. And then moving things over that way, they had said previously they weren't moving anything from Netflix over. So it kind of makes you wonder, yeah, we're not going to move anything over because we're just going to cancel everything. Well, they were only ever supposed to get one season each and then be a Defenders miniseries. Yeah. 
So and then we ended up getting multiple seasons. We ended up getting a, a new series with Punisher. Um, yeah. And that overall, the quality has been really good with the exception of the Defenders, Daredevil Season 2, Iron and Fist, everything about Iron Fist Season 1. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a disappointment, but I'm, I'm hoping there's something in the works there. Because well, don't... we know we have at least two more series coming. So we just got Daredevil Series 3, which so far I'm about halfway through. It's great. It's like as good as Season 1, but only secondarily because it doesn't make sense without Season 1. Right. Because we get the Kingpin back. Um, and then we also are getting another season of Jessica Jones which is just wrapped filming and another season of Punisher. Now of those three, the Punisher's the one I kind of wonder if we really need. Right. I think they've done a lot of focus on Frank Castle and I think they've kind of told a story. So it'll be interesting to see what they do or if they do it. Yeah. And it's, it's the nature of TV shows where they just lead in and set up for another season. And I wish, I wish you know, like with Stranger Things, they've said we're going to do the X amount of series. Whether mm-hmm. that's whether it's going to be good or not, they're holding true. There's been shows like uh, Gravity Falls, where it was three seasons, tells a story from beginning to end. I just wish we would up front. They'd just be like, we're doing three seasons of Luke Cage, and we're going to tell a, a story. Yeah, well, we're still waiting on the final season of Game of Thrones, and it's not been on TV for like seven years. Uh, eight. Yeah, eight, I yeah. mean, the last time, you know. The, the actress who played Aria was in her, was like 18. Now she's 36. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's. So, anyhow, I guess we're. Oh, there's for... one other thing that, that it was a piece oh. of news that we missed we did. in our gap, which is the controversy around James Gunn. Have you heard the latest? Um, I don't know if I've heard. The, well, I know that he's going to go direct or write and possibly direct suicide squad two. Yes. Is that the latest? That's what I, that's the latest, which dude, kudos to, to Warner brothers and DC because what are you doing? They picked up Joss Whedon after he basically quit fired the uh, Avengers. And we saw how that kind of turned out. Yeah. But Joss, I think the difference with Joss Whedon was you could tell with Avengers two he he was done with it. Yeah, he got he was getting you know direction from the studio and what they wanted, and there was a lot. There were several more creative differences with. I mean, he fought for the farmhouse scene in Avengers: Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. which is presumably I like that. It's one of those scenes where it kind of you get to see Hawkeye, you get to see his stakes in the game. And it kind of just brings that Marvel-esque, they're all humans. It's the humanity. Yeah, that's the scene of of humanity. And I can't honestly imagine that movie without that. But again, Age of Ultron is not a high point, but there are bits and pieces that, you know, are canon. Whereas he had to kind of take over Justice League. Yeah. And I don't think either he or Zack Snyder really... Snyder cut is real. Oh, God. Please, no. I'll buy it, but still. Actually, I I have sworn off Justice League. I haven't bought it. I'm not going to. I, I haven't bought it, Suicide Squad either. I watched it on TV. I liked the last 15 minutes of it. When Superman's actually Superman? Yeah. <laughs> um, But it didn't feel... I don't know. We've already talked 
that to death. So yeah. yeah, it's interesting with James Gunn and and how he's moving over there. I think it's a I think it's a win for DC and Warner Brothers. And maybe it's the sign that they can resurrect or rehabilitate their movies. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll be able to do that. It's it's a it's a loss for Marvel absolutely for Guardians of Galaxy of the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 even Which if is it happens. Now set to film in 2021. Like I said, if it even happens. Yeah. So Anyhow, let's move on. This this next one's yours, Sean. Yes, let's... this is mine. So, well, obviously, we talked a lot last week about Titans. We're not going to talk about Titans Episode 2. We're going to come back to Titans after the entire season, when I can sit down with Jared and we can just watch them together and make jokes. And drink through it, hopefully. Yeah, I've got a fresh bottle of Makers. We'll get through it. Okay. Um, but in the comic verse, you know, the comic side of Nightwing... Um, there were some recent developments that have been making some waves in the Batman universe. And one of them is a kind of, I don't even know how to describe the villain, uh, a throwback villain called KG Beast, right? And, and he's a product of the Reaganomics era. Sean, help me here. I'm a millennial. What did you just say? KG Beast. Okay. What? Yeah. What is that referencing? That's referencing a um, a Soviet super soldier who is a known Batman villain. Oh, oh, KGB. East. East. I got yes. it. Not the Eastern version of the KGB. Because it's already in the East. And he looks like Bane, by the way. If you ever see KGB East, he actually showed up in a few episodes of the old Justice League Unlimited. You would probably not recognize him unless somebody pointed him out and said, hey, there's KGB East. And you'd be like, so? Who's that? He was also in uh, Batman All-Star. He, he was. was in one of the arcs there, one of the episodes there, issues there. Yeah, and so anyway, KG Beast is a sniper slash gun guy, and he wears uh, a mask and, you know, not like, you know, Deadshot or Bane or, wait, exactly like Deadshot and Bane, but not like Deathstroke. Um, he wears a mask, too. Well, I know, De- well, and it depends. Deathstroke doesn't always wear a mask. Most of the time. Yeah. Well, lately he's been mostly wearing the eye patch. Oh. But uh, anyway. Old. So KG Beast uh, decided to take out good old Nightwing. And he shot. Nightwing? You mean Dick Grayson? He shot. The first Robin. He shot Richard Grayson in the head. And he caused traumatic brain injury. Like, he doesn't remember who he is. Oh, no. And now he knows his name is Grayson, and he knows his name is Richard, but he's decided that his name is Rick with a C, not a K, Grayson. Uh-huh. And he's a taxi driver. What? In Bloodhaven. What? Because he doesn't remember Bruce Wayne or Barbara Golder- Gordon or, you know, Kate or any of the Batman family. He doesn't remember being a ward of Bruce Wayne. He doesn't remember the Flying Graysons. He's just... Surely this is just a, a temporary situation here. Nothing's ever temporary in comics. It's always permanent, realistic so outcomes. It's, it's just going to be a comic of him being a taxi driver? So in the first issue we have after this traumatic brain injury when he finds himself, you actually do have scenes of him driving a taxi. Uh, except he's having dreams about 
being this other person. He never remembers the dreams. He just remembers how the dreams make him feel. Cool. So I give it three or four episode issues. And this then... sounds like a tro- amnesia. Um, cell phones not working in times of need. <laughs> what was it? It was the wind. Are tropes that need to die. Well, so I don't know if you remember when this happened about two, three years ago before the rebirth where Dick Grayson became a secret agent instead of Nightwing. Yeah. And they changed Nightwing, the comic book, into Grayson. Agent Grayson. He was Agent Grayson. Grayson. Yeah. Yeah. So this is not something that they are hesitant to do with Nightwing as a character. He doesn't remember being Nightwing. He doesn't remember or any an of that. agent or or Agent Grayson, and that was after his public identity was revealed, and so he had to go into cover. And they killed Dick Grayson when he became Agent Grayson, and then became a secret agent for a while. Now <sighs> he's Rick. They'll never know Rick Grayson. Nobody. It's not like Batman has access to like every camera in the. United States has intel understands that oh no maybe Dick didn't come on no you know what happened there are too many Robins and Batman just can't keep track of them all and Damien is a dickhead so he's going to spend all his time worrying about his son who just does horrible things and really is going to become a villain and we all know he is but uh, yeah we'll see how long this lasts Moving on, <laughs> uh, Rocket League, um, they've postponed their cross-platform update till 2019 after delaying it twice this year. This year. But um, they have stated that they have high hopes that with the recent announcement of Fortnite on the PS4 being cross-play, mm-hmm. that Rocket League will also join them once it's ready. Um, I think they've handled this pretty well. Um, they haven't shown off anything. They've just said it's coming. Um, and they've had some significant updates here with the, they, they redid their progression tiers. Well, let's be fair. What? This isn't really their first foray in a cross platform. This is the ubiquitous cross platform. Yeah. So Rocket League's already cross platform. This is cross party play. So it means you on a PC, me on a Nintendo Switch, obviously, can obviously join parties with have a, a friend player. list to see that both of us are playing and then go into matchmaking. The way crossplay works currently is you can do it through private um, matchups or you can just meet other people in, in matchmaking. But we can't join each other in a party to go play on if we're on different platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what it also means is, and I don't know if they've de- they haven't detailed a lot of it because it's been delayed, but it sounds like it's called Rocket ID is what they're calling it. So it sounds like what Blizzard did with BattleTech and BattleNet. Battle. Oh my God! I said BattleTech. Please forgive me. I I like BattleTech. You, so you I messed will. up something with Dark Cells. So I'm I'm good. Um, <laughs> Everybody gets one. So I'm hoping this means some sort of integration where you have maybe not the DLC, but your progression is linked between systems. Well, DLC and Rocket League is just skins. 
it is it is all cosmetic but yeah. i'm just saying like you know maybe if i uh, get to level 30 on my ps4 i'm also level 30 on my switch i wish that were true of battlenet yeah because then i wouldn't have to restart characters all the time between diablo and diablo and diablo yeah yeah i'm with you um so what do you i mean i'm excited actually i love rocket league it is the game i play it is the multiplayer game i play yeah we'll we'll come back to talking about multiplayer games that that you play in a minute but so this next one's yours yeah the next one's mine and this is kind of a huh item uh so there was comments a few months back about there possibly it was on one of the earnings calls at hasbro about one of the uh, areas that D&D was expanding was into esports. And everybody was like, well, that must have been a typo. Nobody knows. You know, that, that's not going to happen. Well, Sean, did I hear you correctly? D&D, Dungeons & Dragons, and esports. Yes. Tabletop role-playing game. You know, esports. A traditionally collaborative, cooperative game. Right. Where nobody wins because that's not, you don't win. Well, not only that, it's the E portion that's throwing me for a loop as well. The eSports. So, we have details on this now. It's a real thing. It started out being called uh, TV. Hold on, I gotta I gotta take a breath from that. You just said D&D Sports. And I... Yeah, and now it's called RPG Sports because a bunch of people... Okay, sent slightly better. Sent some words to uh, the folks organizing all this, going, "Hey, D and D is not the only RPG out there. Why can't we have like Shadowrun or, you know, Battletech or Starfinder or Pathfinder or why is it okay. going to be D and D? Huh? But it's competitive. It is. It's five v five, or four. Sorry, four v four, in a common dungeon where players will play. Com- competitively against each other in teams to win the dungeon. So single elimination tournament. Hold on. Two parties, one dungeon, only one team survives. It's Dungeons and Dragons, the story based story focused um, role playing game in which you roll dice Mm-hmm. For pretty much everything. Well, so not, and not everything. St- strategy aside, strategy meaning, oh, I know what to do, and I have these classes with characters. This does not make any sense to me. So we're moving away from kind of the resurgence with fifth edition, which was back towards storytelling and away from rules, because fourth edition would have been perfect for this. Yes, that and, and see, when I think of fourth edition, that's what I'm thinking of, but. Even still, yeah. With there's just so much randomability with D and D, which is there to facilitate the story. So, so let's let's so maybe move I'm, away from the yeah from the strategy piece, the, the the rules piece for a second. Let's talk about the viability of this as a Twitch medium. This is going to be shown on Twitch like an esport. Okay, and it's going to be using the Roll20 platform okay. to present these matches, which are turn-based RPG matches. I think D&D works perfectly for this, actually. You know, each character has a fixed set of abilities. As long as you're in a combat mode, right, you're in encounter mode, not 
story mode. And there's lots more limits on when you can do things, what right. you can do. And everybody's using a common rule set. So I, I think it can work. The problem I have is, is it going to be fun to watch? And the problem I have is, who asked for this? Hasbro. Oh, that's right. You said that at the beginning. Because they see this as a way to capitalize on the emerging popularity, the resurgence of acceptability of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Which it was never actually, even in the 80s, it wasn't as big as it is today. Right. You know, the, the geeks have conquered popular media. The geeks yeah. have inherited the earth. Well, to some extent. I mean, I used to think that I was unnor- unnormal. I think that's a word. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I liked all of the things that we spend every one of these podcasts talking about. But the reality is that this is now mainstream for a lot of people. I know. It kind of... What happened? I, I, I feel like I have to go all hipster and hate everybody because I liked it first. <sighs> no. Do I need a man bun? Oh God, Sean, no, please. I, I could first I, off <laughs> you would No, I think you would explode if you gave yourself a man bun. But secondly, no. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me just say this again. No and no. Uh, and I think we came at to no. Okay. Um so So we'll have to see, but this starts really soon, like early November is when they have the first round of these tournaments. And they're doing some sort of stream that's for charity, right? Is the initial one I saw I think I saw that the they website? are. I think first competition. Oh, by the way, the grand prize, if you make it through all of these encounters, is $5,000. The oh. winning team gets $5,000. So how, does, how, do, how do the teams enroll? You know, whereas there's placing tournaments and stuff for eSports, how does somebody get into... Yeah, they're going to be probably chosen from popular Twitch streamers at this point. Gotcha. Just like they started with the Overwatch leagues and they started with all of these other, you know, the, the Dota and, and, you know, League of Legends folks. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot about this that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I have to see how they pull it off before I judge it too forcefully. Harshly. Forcefully? Forcefully? I don't know. Uh, the other piece here, we've got the Mega Millions lottery at $1.6 billion, and that's worth wasting a dollar on. I'm not sure I'm going to waste a, a $5 subscription to a Twitch channel that hosts D&D competitive battles in arena. I guess the the optimistic or or more realistic way to look at this is there are seven billion people in this world, and there is room for literally everything, whether that be competitive D and D or people that are calligraphy collections. Um, people are calligraphy collections. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a subset of people and maybe there's people that are out there classifying blades of grass. I don't know. Yeah. They're called botanists. Well, I mean, it's like, there's a social network based on you taking pictures of of grass. (laughs) Yes. Biologists and botanists It's one of those things is I can't diss it, but at the same time, I just don't know who the demographic is, but if you are interested in this, please let us know because we want to hear from you. Now, this is going to be a weird hybrid, I think, of like the live play podcast, the critical role tile, yeah. encounter role play. And actually, encounter role play is one of the organizations behind this. 
So if you've listened to a lot of their live play podcasts or their Twitch streams, you kind of get a flavor for what these people have done in the past. We'll have to see how it actually plays out. Yep. No pun intended. So one more tangent, Sean. Yes. Oh, you're going to let me go. Yeah. So it is one more. Dead Cells came out for the Switch. Yeah, Dead Cells did. And Dark Souls came out for the Switch just this week. Remuxified. Remastered? Remastered, yeah. The one that's been out on the PC and consoles for... It was delayed. It was supposed to come out the same time as those remastered editions, but it was delayed on the Switch for probably performance reasons. Um, I've played it on the Switch, and it plays like the PS3 version. I imagine it's a little smoother on PC or, or PS4. So I've played it on PS4 and it's it's smoother, but it's got it's got some bugs that they should have fixed. So we were talking about this earlier, and I, I don't know because I never played through the original Dark Souls. Please forgive me. Um, <laughs> but I'm playing through it now. Prepare to die edition on the PC. I, I from what I've heard from I have conflicting reports that the remaster is pretty much one-to-one with some fixes for like blight town and some textures and lighting but then i have you telling me no there's all new bugs yes and so, new optimization issues yeah so anyhow it's out it's on switch but the cool thing about it the best thing about the only it, reason the switch thing is cool and sean is, doesn't own it on switch just I, to be clear. I canceled my pre-order he because canceled his pre-order how but many copies of Dark not, Souls do I need? He got. I did get Solar of Astoria. The amiibo. That does a gesture. Amiibo. It unlocks the gesture in the game early. And as far as I know, that's the extent of its functionality. That's what it says on the back of the box. It's the extent. It says you're not getting any more. This is a cash grab. Thank you for your money. It says that on the back? It's in Italian. They're so upfront now. That's nice. Or no, it's French. That helps That's what you, it says in French. That helps you when you're in the store now. You're like, oh, this is merely a cash grab. Oh, well, in that case, sure. I know what I'm getting into. Anyhow, that is the end of our tangents. We're going to go into today's main topic, which should be pretty short. Jared's going to lead this one. I Okay, fine. We're going to lead this one. So... Today, we are talking about how the heck do you get people together to play games in 2018? I don't know. I've never succeeded. Uh, exactly. So that's why we're here today. <laughs> why are you asking me? Well, I... you, whoa, you changed the notes. <laughs> yes, read them as they are in the notes, Jared. Oh, uh, I don't like this. So, note bullet point number one is it. Why it is why is it so difficult to get people to game with Jared? <laughs> well, surely I can't answer that because I'm Jared. So maybe Sean, you can you can explain. Well, I think that. it's just because you overwhelm them with your gamingness. I overwhelm them with my gamingness. 
or they're just busy. That's the answer I get most often is... That was bulletin point number three. Why is it so difficult to get people to try something new Jared likes? <laughs> <sighs> I said we were going to have a little more fun with this episode. Yeah. Uh, so the answer there is not everybody likes what Jared likes, but Jared sometimes doesn't do a great job of selling why people should play what Jared likes. I don't do a good job of selling a lot of things. <laughs> Um, why buy multiplayer games if all of your friends are too busy to play games with you anyway? Geesh. <laughs> that sounds so much like you, Jared. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk about this episode, and I didn't want to go into it long, is we're living in sort of a multiplayer renaissance. I don't want to say renaissance. Uh, just heyday. There is a ton of games to play with people. Um, we've seen the tabletop gaming sector just take off. Sean and I just visited uh, Guard Tower East here in Columbus mm-hmm. um, and looked through a lot of board games. And we were sitting there looking at all the board games saying, these look fun. Who am I going to play them with? Um, and again, with with video games, we've got a, our choice from extravagant experiences like destiny two and um path of exile and and whatever diablo three diablo (laughs) three down to fun games like towerfall mario kart mario party mario party um mario tennis and then games that you mario something else you can get anybody to play like jackbox party pack games where literally anybody with a phone can play a trivia game or a guessing game or, you know, a Pictionary-esque game. So why aren't we playing these games more often? And why am I, Jared, still buying these games? So I think there's a simple answer to this. Sean's got it. He's got it. Okay. I think the answer is you have the wrong friends. Or you're not willing to make new friends who want to play. Oh, there it is. He, he was waiting. For no, me. I have the same problems with my friends. <laughs> and my friends, many of which are your friends, are the same what? problem. No. I know. And, and I'm not including you in that because but even though I should. I may be generalizing here, which I do from time to time. But generally. I don't think this is... Generally. I don't think this is just a Jared and Sean problem. I mean... No. There are people that get out there and play games. We have a couple of um, tabletop bars in Columbus, mm-hmm. Kingmakers. There's another one. Do you remember what the other one is? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But, but, I mean, there's things like Cabs and, yeah. you know, Columbus Area Board Game Society. And, and there's even the Guard Tower where you can go and play games. There's open pickup games, Guard yeah. Tower, um, Ravenstone. There, but, I mean... You mentioned, something, you mentioned something that I want to kind of hone in on is I don't, I mean, I'm not against, I mean, I'm going to go play games with people I don't know in a week or three with a friend of the show, Sean, not this, this Sean, you're going to go too, right? I'm hoping to. Yeah. It's also the night of your Halloween party. No, it's the no, night after. We talked about That's that. That's right. Sean. Never mind. But I want to play games with the people I know first and then branch out 
So, why are we still buying these games? Because we want to be able to play them with people, and eventually we'll find the time to do it. Is it the end? Okay, we solved that one. See you next week, folks. No, I mean... I, well, here's the other thing that I always forget, and I, I, I remembered it now. We are in the month of October. These summer months, surprisingly, are where everybody's busy. And once we get into the winter months, um, staying indoors, spending time with friends and family, it's what we tend to do more of. So, you know, we do end up playing more games during these times. Well, and I think it's also partially because of our climate, right? We're we're based in Columbus, Ohio, which means in January, February, we'll not want to live in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we have a mild winter because of the El Nino this year. El Nino. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, getting a consistent, and this is a problem with everybody I know in, you know, p- traditional gaming and board gaming video gaming, we've got the ability to play games together everywhere. I mean, I bought Tabletop Simulator specifically to play board games with my friends when we couldn't all get together. I have not opened it once. I've loaded tons of DLC in it, but nobody else that owns it that I gave a copy or recommend buy it did. So I had an idea as we were sitting here talking about this. Oh, do tell. It is the science, cosines, and tangents meetup gaming sessions now with discord yeah well it's because that's true we can do that and and actually i have played some multiplayer games with some of the show's listeners yep before and not jared at the same time but and the and the problem is sean brought this up earlier um jared just doesn't like the games that sean likes to play it's true and you know what? Sean doesn't like to play the games that Jared likes to play. But I think both of us are willing to try new things. Try new things or play a game. As long as it's not Super Mario Strikers for the Wii. Sean, you still there? Okay, this done. Turn it off. <laughs> I'm not talking about this anymore. So, you put on here is the last bullet point. <laughs> um, this is the reason I hear. Right when we talk about setting these things up, is no one can hang out for eight to ten hours playing board, being playing board or tabletop games. Other priorities like kids, family, band practice, or being general flakes, or whatever, always seem to get in the way. Yeah. Um. So we talked about last week. We talked about the power of conversation. We talked about just sitting down and talk. What can games do to, um, I don't know, help fuel? So there's there's a special kind of, I overuse the term irony, but I find it hilarious that my son Connor spends more time playing with his friends online. I think it might be a generational thing. I mean, literally, they live in Discord. They don't answer phones. They 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 Discord each other. Yeah, right. And they're always playing online games, and they switch games. They play lots of different games. I th- I think it's just we're old, and our friends are old, and we're not fourteen or fifteen or sixteen, and have other responsibilities. And well, here's 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 one question I have for you. 
is in the assisted living communities. Games like Bridge and Pinochle are often played. Do you think when we're in the assisted living communities, we'll be playing Diablo 3 or D&D or Bang? I don't know, because you think about some of those generations that are in those facilities now. They're right on the edge of the Atari generation, right? Yep. Um, they would have been in their 20s or 30s when the video game revolution started. So maybe that's too early for them. I think we have to watch what the next 15 years brings. Um, and I think there's a lot of positive studies. Well, think back to the Wii, mm-hmm. right? How much it was kind of embraced by the elder care facilities because it got, you know, older people thinking and playing. But I would think they'd be playing Risk or Axis and Allies or... I mean, these are all games that have existed for a long time, but yeah. you see them playing chess and checkers. Maybe it's because tomorrow you might die and you don't want to die in the middle of a game. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to die if I haven't captured Australia yet. So, Well, Australia is the first thing you should capture. <laughs> so, um, I guess... Let's but, hope- uh, to, to bring a serious oh, wraparound, I'm going to actually get serious about this. Uh, uh, we talked about this, Sean. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. There are plenty of ways to communicate and, and work, play with other people. Roll 20, you know, Fantasy Grounds, D&D Beyond for the tabletop crowd. Uh, you get, you know, Tabletop Simulator. Um, what's the name of the open source one? Vassal. Vassal is the open source. It's free. There's a bunch of mods for it. You can play board games online with people. I mean, in the good old-fashioned play-by-post is still a thing on things like discord. Right. So I don't think it's so much a problem of communication. And we see obviously tons of people playing games on Twitch and, you know, YouTube. Uh, but I, I think it might be a cultural thing for us. I don't know. It's weird. So I guess what I was going to say is let's open it up to you guys and let us know. Have you, Met up for to play games recently. Like we said, friend of the show, Sean's got a, an event that he's got coming up soon. I miss LAN parties. And, yeah, LAN parties. I miss, literally, I, I remember having a party at our house where we had, like, three different board games going on at once. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can play the super serious one, or you can play Uno, you know? <laughs> um, so... I guess we're going to put it out to you. Do you do you see games as a social activity? And if you do, is it strictly an online social activity now? Is it? Do people make parties to game? When I was younger in high school, it's whiskey way way back. Um, we would have euchre parties where we would just go around playing euchre with 16, 24 people. That's how you can tell we're in the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, the, again, the game was there, but it was mostly a social event. It was just something to do. Yeah, so. it's it, it'll be interesting to get your feedback from the audience. Those yeah. of you who listen, those of you who have listened. Hey, speaking of people that listen, yeah, we have got some back feeds from our fans this week. We've got quite a bit since we've uh, we even have a, a you know an audio clip to play. Right, you weren't supposed to know about that, Sean. Actually, yes, we've got a present. <laughs> I wasn't. From, you mentioned it to me. <laughs> play, play along. Sean. Oh, okay. We've got an audio uh, feedback from Kyle, friend of the show, Sean's number one fan. 
And I have not listened to this, and Sean has definitely not I, listened to I this. I haven't. So let's go ahead and give this it a... This could be potentially dangerous. We may actually have to do our first serious editing of an episode. I will, I'm gonna. I'm going to roll the dice on that one. So let's go ahead and hear what Kyle has to say. Hey, Jared and Sean. Um, this is Kyle, number one super fan of Science Go Signs and Tangents. My favorite podcast, no joke, no meme. It is my favorite. And you know why it's my favorite? It's because you guys have such an amazing, like, chemistry together. Like, you guys are really great friends. You guys can joke, have a good time, but also be really intellectual and deep with each other. And just have a good conversation. That's what makes you guys' podcast so amazing. I'm sorry if you hear the wind. I'm outside. But... I just really love your guys' podcast. I'm really glad that you guys are doing it again. I really missed it. You know, when Jared told me he was doing it, I gave him a big hug. So I just want you guys to know that I really like your podcast. I really like both of you. And Sean, I know that it might be like a meme that I like you, but I really do like you. I think you're pretty cool. And I really do want your autograph, man. So, you know, I just hope to see you guys again. I can't wait for the next episode. Make it weekly. If I win the lottery this weekend, then I'm going to pay you guys to do it full time. It'll be great. All right. Keep on doing it. Um, I love you. Okay. Oh, that went too far. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well. So. So much sincerity all at one time. Yeah. And I, I, I'm I, not sure I know how to feel about this. I, I was, I had this feeling. This is, I was, I kind of knew what the message was going to be before it was played. So. It kind of makes it all worth it. Does it make if, you feel better? If we touch one person's life, why else would we do it? Yeah. Except it just, I like to listen to myself talk. Yeah, Sean does listen over and over to our past episodes. No, I, I listen like once or twice for quality control. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm kidding. And I'm sometimes kidding. what we say is interesting and I don't remember saying it. That's actually true. I've probably said at least one smart thing on this show. I need to go back and find it. And all those hours it's, of listening. It's not this episode. Um. We had some feedback from our good friend of the show. Hold on. Before we move whoa, on to that, whoa, whoa. I want to say thank you, Kyle. Oh. And we will absolutely keep making episodes. Yes. And we will absolutely get you an autograph of Jared's. Um, I'm not sure I'm well willing to put my signature out there yet. I think it'd be great to invite Kyle on the show, um, especially when we talk esports, because it's something he's interested in. So, And neither of us has any expertise in. Yeah. So, okay. thank you, Kyle. Next, we have some feedback from friend of the show, Boat, as he goes by. He had lots of things for us to talk about, and we may not talk about them this episode. Um, well, we did talk about some of them, didn't we? We might have crossed some of these off the list last time. Yeah. So, first off was the Captain Marvel trailer. We didn't actually talk about that. No, I... I mean, it was good, but it's just a trailer. I Sean is neither excited nor not excited for the prospect of a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie set in the 1990s featuring a young version of Samuel L. Jackson. CGI'd. That's true. Everything you just said is true. <laughs> Second was, and we didn't talk about this, and I need to go back and catch up on Stargate Discovery. Star Trek. Star. Oh, I did it again. I was talking Star Trek and Stargate and the other night, and I kept. Uh, okay. Anyhow. And, and we haven't talked about short the short takes either. 
No. But Patrick yes, there Stewart. Was, there was Sir, news. Sir Patrick yes. Stewart is going to reprise his role as John Luke Picard in another new Star Trek series set presumably in the Prime Universe. Well, everything on the CBS Access has been Prime Universe. Presumably. Okay. We don't know. And and I think I mentioned this last week where they basically they brought him in to do the show, but they didn't have any scripts. They don't didn't really know what they were going to do with him. They just knew they were going to throw a lot of money at Patrick Stewart so he could come back because so far Discovery has actually kind of succeeded. Yeah. And, and is too much Star Trek a thing? Well, we know it is. We we saw it happen in the yeah. 90s. So I, I'm personally really excited for this. I've been not from the Picard side of things. I just want to see Star Trek in the 25th century, 2043, 2483. When is it? 2487. Not important. I want to see Star Trek resume um, after we saw at the beginning of the Star Trek movies with, with Spock and Romulus and the Federation and after the Dominion War and all of that. So, which we've got that storyline in STO, but not I don't want to play a game to get my lore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to play a game? Oh wait, it's a piece. No, it's not. It's a console game too. I don't want to play a game for my lore. I want to, I want to play games that have lore but I don't want to play a game for critical lore elements for a primarily a TV show, AKA enter the matrix. I don't want to do that again. Okay. Well, that's, I can't argue. Okay. Um, cross platform play across the board is finally a reality with Sony being the reluctant holdout. As we know, since we have announced this, that's changed. Sony's kind of changing their their game on this. Um, what's the impact of this going forward? Asks Boat. I think the impact is that the market pressured Sony into doing the right thing. The technology is not the obstacle. Well, I think what he's asking is not just the Sony side of thing is what is the impact of cross-platform play across our low-powered Nintendo Switches to our high-powered PCs? What does that do for the face of multiplayer gaming? I think it can only be good. I think so too. Um, it it but just it gives makes... you more people you can play with. But yeah, when your friends platform lock in is no longer going to be a thing. Well, I'd love to get to the point where if we're going to treat games as a service, that it doesn't matter what platform I play it on. But we know that that's not in the best interest of the sales and marketing folks, right? Um, and it does cost money to develop cross-platform software. So, I don't know. I just think it, I, we'll have to see how it all plays out, but I think this is a good thing. I agree. Um, the last thing from Boat kind of ties into what you said there is games as a service. He says, lastly, something I've brought up before, what is the future of server-based games? Will anyone be able to play Overwatch in 20 years from now? Will anybody want to? That's a good question. Does anybody still want to play the original Castle Wolfenstein on the Apple II? I think this is something we should turn into another episode because we've talked about games preservation, but we haven't really talked about like the extent of, you know, Ultima or, yeah, you know, Final Fantasy XI, which I think is still out there running. Um, no, 
Well, I think it's still no, out there. It's not. Well, well no, 11 still. Yeah, 11 so, is still running. So yeah. I think we need to kind of talk about, you know, when we have the World of Warcraft and we have the vanilla World of Warcraft coming out, which I think is going to be a three month. Oh, cool. And then everybody's going to go back to playing the normal one. But that's my opinion. Um, so we should talk about that later, I think. Sure. Okay, you can go through the uh, the next feedback. Back feedback. Yeah, and, and viewer, listener, personable person, Sean. Personable person. He is. That's a very high rating. At Sean Obi. Yep. Um, was responding to our question about streaming networks and cable cutting. And I'll just read his, um, his, pers- his, his response. So we made a good argument for why... Cable is a worse option than several streaming services. With cable, you are locked into that service, either with a contract, equipment, or both. Uh, with streaming services, you can get what you want and then cancel any time. No contract to mess with or box or satellite to return. You get HBO Now for Game of Thrones. Then you unsub. Uh, you can get the Sling TV for basketball season, then unsub. There's not enough time for video games and all these shows at the same time. So he doesn't have to choose one or the other. So he mentioned this in the in our Facebook page. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. Um, and I, again, I've always known that's option. That option is there, but I haven't known many people have taken advantage of it. But part of these uh, subscription services is there's no contract before HBO cable. You're locked in for a year. Now it's just turn on binge Star Trek Discovery and turn it off. Um. Do you think people are utilizing these, utilizing these shows these way, these ways, um, other than Sean? I mean, have you? I have. Um, though, there's also a certain amount. I mean, the, the, the streaming services know you're going to do this, right? But what they're counting on is that you'll forget to do yes, it. Your billing date will be the 23rd, which is a Tuesday. Nobody thinks about billing on Tuesday the 23rd. Yeah. And and so like one of the things that I heard earlier today is that uh, Funimation uh, was which was purchased as, by Sony not too long ago yep. was ending their contract with Crunchyroll. Crunchy yep. And so the VRV platform that I subscribe to which was an all-in-one service to get Funimation and Crunchyroll and you know, Geek and Sundry and a bunch of other channels, um, we'll no longer have Funimation on it. Yep. And so now it, this is the type of thing that makes me go, oh, maybe I don't need it anymore. But I was happy to let VRV continue with the multi-channel subscription because I was able to watch different content streams. Again, like the DC Universe thing, I'm still trying to decide. I'll probably watch through the end of uh, uh, Young Justice, and I'll see if there's anything good coming out of some of the other shows. And they know that, by the way, because of the way they're breaking up Young Justice. They're breaking it in half and putting another show in the middle of it mm-hmm. to extend the number of people through a year. Right. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I think we're quickly approaching the point where saturation point there's just too many streaming networks and they're all trying to chip away at five to fifteen dollars a month um at some point i'm gonna look at my budget and realize i'm paying way more than i was paying for cable yep so 
I guess let us know if you guys follow the same method as uh, Sean. And do you unsubscribe? Do you say, hey, we're going to binge shows this week and we're going to turn it off this month and we're not going to watch TV for a while? Um, there's also the uh, the funny thing that I do that I, I really have considered doing is sometimes I only watch three or four shows like Doctor Who and I just buy that on iTunes because I don't get BBC America through my cable. And I've thought, you know, that's $30 for a season. Do I just buy what I'm watching on iTunes or whatever? And Hmm. how does that end up financially if I just say, oh, I'm watching these three shows on Hulu Mm -hmm. and I just buy them on iTunes. But we'll see. Okay, Sean, Mm -hmm. this is a section that we brought a couple shows ago called Missed Opportunities. Yeah, in this section we talk about things we've recently discovered that we kind of didn't realize were as cool as they are. Yes. And we overlooked them for some reason, or maybe we thought they weren't cool, and then we went back and... and Or maybe somebody said, hey, you should check this out. It's called Dead Cells. It's a game I think you'd like. It really fits up your alley, and you don't do that for a year. Anyhow, I'm not here to talk about Dead Cells. I already did that. Dead Cells? Um, Dead Cells. Yeah. Dark Cells. Um, <laughs> this is a show that Sean actually... <laughs> Now huh. I say about it, Sean didn't mention this show to me a long time ago. It's called The Good Place. Now, I think it's kind of rising in popularity. I hear more more people talking about it. This is brought to you by Michael Schur, yes. who did The Office, Parks and Rec, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which Brooklyn Nine-Nine would also be on my list. Um, but The Good Place is essentially a show. It's like it's a comedy show in which the main character finds themselves in the afterlife. I'm not going to spoil much more from that, but you understand that there's a good place and a bad place and she's in the good place. And it kind of goes from there. And I don't want to, this is one of those shows that is really better watched than explained. Um, each episode is, it is, there is an overarching plot and progression through the series. So it is serialized in some aspects, um, but it is funny and it brings up a lot of morality and philosophy questions, but it does it like a it does it like a diet Pepsi version of them. It doesn't get over um, heavy handed with those concepts, but at least talks about some of those concepts. And one of my favorite parts in the show uh, is the trolley problem. If you've seen this meme on the internet, it's essentially you're the operator of a trolley. And you can either, you know, do one thing or another, but you're going to, you know, I guess the example was, this is, this is one of my favorite, most horrible examples is Harambe. Harambe was the gorilla in the Cincinnati zoo that, um, captured a child and was, uh, euthanized. Harambe became a meme on the internet, um, the event was not so much as important as Harambe himself. So the trolley problem presented with Harambe is do you a direct the trolley, preventing the child from falling in the cage, keeping Harambe alive or B do you let the child fall so that Harambe can live on forever? Now, that's a horrible example. I'm sure Sean can think of a better one. But the idea is uh, you're presented with 
a, a moral question of the trolleys heading towards people and maybe it's heading towards a criminal or you know somebody that's innocent and you have direction on the trolley of where it goes this is the question that people are playing with um automated cars today right automated cars are going to have to have programmed in their algorithms decisions mm-hmm. on whether they kill the driver you mean the, self-driving cars yes automated self-driving i just want to be clear yeah you know do they kill the driver in the car do they kill the pedestrian that the car you know jumps out in front of the car you know if the car has the power to decide what does it do anyhow i've gone into that way too long but the the idea is it presented the trolley problem in real life on the show where a character's faced with a decision and he's just put into it immediately and he's got like five seconds to decide and then there's just blood all over his face so um I recommend checking it out. You've you've watched it. I have. I've seen every episode. So, including the new season, which is on broadcast TV right now. Yeah, so. and Hulu. Uh, yeah, day and later Hulu. on Hulu. Yeah. So, Sean, you you've got something, and you brought this up to me today. I did. So, you know, I I watch Netflix sometimes. Sometimes. And sometimes I find things on Netflix that I didn't expect to find funny. And there was a series that. I'd kind of flipped through because I'd watched. Are you familiar with the show Vikings? Um, yeah, it was like the first like drama. drama on the History yeah. Channel, which in and of itself made me cringe originally. Right. Um. Anyway, so there's a series called Norsemen on Netflix, which is a Norwegian comedy show. Excuse me. You said Norsemen, and then you said Norwegian comedy show. Okay. Norse, Norway. Norse, Norway. Yeah. Oh, so far, I'm following. So the whole concept is this is a it's a period piece with the Vikings in the Middle Ages. A Viking comedy show. Yes, and it's it's interesting. <laughs> the first scene of the show, just to set it up, for those who know about Viking culture, know that being dying of old age was dishonorable, right? Vikings didn't die of old age, at least not Viking warriors. They were expected to go off into the woods or jump off a cliff or die in battle, right? You didn't you didn't become a burden on the rest of your society. Culturally, it was seen as a horrible thing to do to die of old age. The first opening scene in the show is all of these old warriors on this cliff talking to a slave. And the slave is like, well, yeah, we've. I, I'm glad you guys all came out with me and... You know, you've got to do the honorable thing and jump off this cliff and commit suicide because, you know, that way, as you get older, you don't become a burden on everybody else. And this is the best way to get to Valhalla. And the older warriors are all like, uh, yeah, that sounded great when we were like 20, but (laughs) not so great. Uh, We don't really want to do that. And the one guy's like, no, no, it's the best way to get to Valhalla. And he just runs and he jump, jumps off the cliff and you hear him screaming as he falls. <laughs> and the rest of them are all like, yeah, we, we, we're, we're not really that old. I mean, we, we, can, we can hang out we a little can, while. We've got a couple years left. We've got a few years. We're still healthy. You know, don't, we're, we're, we're not ready for this. And so they get outcast from the, from the village and they form their own little sub-village. But that kind of sets the tone for how they kind of make light of a lot of these tropes that we believe about the middle ages and then and Vikings and Viking culture. And it goes on for two seasons. It's not very long, but it's only six episodes per season. And they're 
I don't remember the length on the episodes. I think they're maybe an hour. But it's it's just very, very funny. And it's got that Norwegian sense of humor where they kind of point out strange ironies. And when something doesn't quite sound right, they it's not like laugh out loud funny. It's just a little bit different. And I really, really enjoyed it. And And I will say... It is not your typical American situational comedy with Vikings, right? There's some things, there's violence, there's blood, there's gore, there's lots of talks about sex. Um, homosexuality is mentioned a few times. All of it in light of the situation and kind of the cultural norms that they're they're making fun of. So if you've got a chance and a few hours to kill, you could do far worse than watch Norsemen on Netflix. Additionally, if you liked Lillehammer... Uh, which was network Netflix's first original series. Some of the same actors from that are in this, and 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 so this type of humor that was in Lillehammer is also something you're going to be very familiar with in this. So. All right, all right. Let's move on. You you can cover the one dumb thing this week. Yeah, this is well. This is your one dumb thing, but I will be glad to talk about it. So we're going to talk about missed commitments. I don't know if this is. What? Who has this problem? Is this towards us or is this something else? So basically, if you can't meet the deadline, don't tell us you can, a.k.a. slipped release dates. Yeah, if if you're not going to hit the deadline, just, just say something. That's it. Don't promise things you can't deliver, like live-streamed podcasts. Or... <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, I don't remember making a promise. Um, we said next a number we of times. We said in the future. Or soon. Soon, or in. So, soon in modern media means within the next one to three years. Way to set that bar high. Hey, hey, being truthful here. So, yeah. so again, we, we acknowledged a little bit about why we've had a, a an abnormal recording schedule in the last few months. And we think we've got those problems under control, barring any further unexpected deaths so yep so our last section of the podcast is one gratifying thing this is where we're kind of trying to bring up something about something that's just good in the world something that's good in the world people doing good in the world um and actually this one i just crossed my facebook feed listener of the show but never commenter of the show daphne um is going to be at the beers and board game club of columbus on November 3rd, they're going to be doing a 24-hour board game session to raise money for Nationwide Children's Hospital. So, um, I think we mentioned this last year. Um, we've been around where we can, we've done things for a year, Sean. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have any money to donate, this is for a good cause. And I think they, they and now I remember, they did try to do a Twitch live stream last year, they but did. it was a little uninspired and unentertaining. Yeah, it didn't. they didn't really know how to do the production. It was like if we were doing this podcast, but we put the camera and microphone two rooms over. And faced it at a wall. Yeah. Or the corner of somebody. So, hopefully that changes. So, that is it for this show. Yeah. Episode 29, Sean. 29 down, only who knows how many to go. Episode 30 is next. It might be a little spoopy. Okay, we're going to stop right there. <laughs> what is with the word spoopy? 
I don't know. It's an internet meme. Why are we? Okay. We can talk about that. We'll talk about that. Yeah. All right. See you later, Sean. Till next time.